Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you come and you're around and you're here and you really, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do to be a benefit to those around me. One, let that be something that you're really praying about. Because I, I want. I think we should be uncomfortable at a point when, man, I'm, I'm at the church, around the church, around the people of God, I'm, but I'm not a part of what God's doing yet. Don't be content to be there. God didn't save anyone just for them to go to church for the rest of their life. God wants to do something in you, with you, and through you that will glorify Him and be a benefit to those around you. Has God called you to service within your local church body? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he stresses the importance of serving within a local church. Yes, there are seasons where God has called you to simply receive. However, don't be stuck in that season for too long. God has given to you gifts and talents that He desires to use to serve others. Pastor Bill explains that God desires for you to be a part of His kingdom work and bringing His good news to this hurting world. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I just want to do what you want me to do, and I'm just praying this to myself. And this lady who I don't know, never met her before, walks up to me, tapped me on my shoulder, spooked me a little bit. I looked up at her, and she said, this is what God, God put this on my heart to say to you. She said, God has a work for you here now. He has a work for you beyond here later, but right now you're supposed to settle down and be at home. And I remember I took that word. I said, man, I mean, that was as close I've ever had of God speaking audibly to me. Because I'm praying privately. Now, if I went to the mic and prayed it out loud, I wouldn't have been as amazed. But I was praying to myself. She was obedient. The Lord did tell her that. She told it to me. And that was it. I, I told, went home. That's when I told my wife, we're going to go ahead and move from Inglewood. I think we're going to be over here for a while. And we got rid of our apartment and we ended up moving over to Downey. And, and that, the Lord did have a work for me there. For 10 years, I was there. Now I get to be here. Um, so it was a legit word. But I, I can tell you at that moment, it was edifying. It was supernatural. It was amazing. Um, it was sweet. And I do desire that in, in our fellowship, we would move in that way, that people would be unhindered, um, that there'd be a freedom, not a freedom to get, you know, kooky, but there'd be a freedom to, to walk in the walk in the spirit. If God is speaking to you, man, share it. You might you might bless somebody's socks off. You'd be obedient with that word. And again, I would rather I'd rather share a word and, and, and grow in my ability to discern my, my noise, my head noise from God's voice. I'd rather start moving forward and grow in that than to just sit still and not be a part of what God's doing. And some of you here, there'll be things, some of you here, I know God has put things in your heart. I know he speaks to you. I know God will stir up things in your, in your mind and in your heart and, and you struggle with whether or not I'm going to step out and do it. I'm encouraging you and do it. Even if you step out and say, I think this is the Lord, you know, um, won't you let me know it, it, what happens? But I'm going to say it to you now anyway, you know, so you can grow in your confidence that, that you are hearing from the Lord. But because the end result is that the body's edified and we want to be a part of edifying one another. Amen. Moving on now. Um, verse 28. He says, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. So he said, look, if there's no one to interpret, hold that. Hold your peace. Let him keep silent. So this doesn't really leave room for the guy that says, I can't control it. The Holy Spirit, just, he just made me go. You know, it's like, no, he said, if, if there's no one to interpret, then you keep silent, you know, hold your, hold your peace. Um, 
that's not for this meeting. If, if there's no one to interpret it, that everybody can be edified. So essentially he's saying if no one's there to, to, to interpret, then don't speak out in a tongue because it won't be edifying. And so that means if, if he can command you to do it, that means that you're in control of rather or not you do it. And again, I speak in tongues, you guys. I choose when I do so. I've never had the Holy Spirit just, you know, I've had times where in worship I, I feel led, I feel compelled, I feel moved, but it's still an act of the will. I still have to, I'm, a, I'm participating with the Holy Spirit in that process. I've never been in a trance. I've never had God take me over for good or bad. There's a constant, there's a yielding that's necessary. And so I said, look, if there's no one interpreting, keep, you know, hold your peace. Say something in English that can edify him in, you know, read a, read a verse out loud. So uh, moving on, um, verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. And so same thing. He said, when they were coming together, everybody had a word. He said, look, two or three. Everybody not going to be running around, you know, prophesying. And this is the, the public proclamation. It's not the one on one sharing. He said, let there be two or three. And, and there need to be those that are there to judge. There need to be those that are there in oversight that are able to say, man, that's not right. And again, I've been in meetings where a word has gone forth or somebody wanted to bring a word and it needed to be judged and it was judged. Man, that was from the Lord. I've been where a word comes and it's not from the Lord. Uh, one example, um, at our previous church, there was a lady who believed that God had given her a word for the church. And so the pastor, hey, would you write it out? Um, the pastors meet on Thursday. We'd like to look it over. And if it's from the Lord, we'll let you come up and share it that everybody might be edified because a word from the Lord is we want it. And so from the first sentence of her supposed word from the Lord, it was it contradicted scripture. And it, it, all throughout, it was like, that's not that goes against what the words say that goes. That's not. So clearly this was not a word from the Lord, because would God contradict himself? He would not. So we had to let her know, like, hey, hey we're not going to share it. Somebody went through the letter, was kind enough to write the verses that would help her out and understand why this we, this wouldn't be from the Lord, you know, and give it back to her that she could learn from it and grow from it as well. What she ended up doing instead was coming and once service got real quiet, she stood up and just started going, I want a word from God. And she started screaming it out and, and, and she got carried out. It was sad. But, um, you know, there were people there to judge, hey, is this from the Lord or not? And that's necessary. Like the guy I told you that brought the word and the pastor, no, that, that's for you, man. Um, there need to be those there to interpret because um, we're not just free with this mic. Um, I, I wouldn't just bring anybody up here and let them say anything to you guys. I'm responsible. Um, when I'm gone and I have somebody here, the, the men that stand here, these are men that I love and I trust. I believe that they're men of God. I believe that they're in the word. I believe that what they're going to share is going to be edifying and beneficial. And and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm never putting just at random um I'm, this is not open to just whoever because y'all are not my sheep. Y'all are God's sheep. I got to I got to my job is as I'm an under shepherd. You know, he's the true shepherd. But if, if I have anything to do with it, I'm not going to bring someone in or allow someone to just come up and I just want to go say something. What does you want to say? And I, I just want to hear it. I've had people here that ask me and I heard it and I let them say it. But I want to know what, what is it that you want to say? God ain't giving no secret words. You know, well, I just I just feel like it's just for me to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> you, you can stand on the sidewalk and tell them on the way out, but you can't just come up here and do that, you know? Oh, that's good. I'm sorry. Okay, so moving on. Verse 31. For if you for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and be encouraged. And far as prophesying, you don't need to necessarily have the office of a prophet. It could you might have a prophetic word in that way. You might be just speaking God's word to someone. 
It's prophetic. I mean, there are things in Scripture that are just prophetic in nature. If I tell you the Lord's coming back, I prophesy according to the Scripture. I mean, that's. It's, I don't want to make it deeper than that. Some people like to make it real like, you know, I got a prophetic word and you, I want you to call me Prophet Bill, you know, because I, I, I'm going to say some stuff that's futuristic and uh, the Lord's coming back. You know what I'm saying? It's, some things are we all have. There is a supernatural prophetic word where God may reveal something to someone that they speak. And there are times where God, again, may, may one to another, lay something on your heart to speak to someone and it'd and it be, it be prophetic. Um, we can all minister to one another in that way. You know, it's not like God only gives a prophetic word to a prophet. There may be someone that's, I, I'm not, I don't usually get this, but man, the Lord just put this in my heart and I'm going to share it and it'd be prophetic. Um, there are people in this church that I know right now, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, point them out and embarrass them, but we, we've had prayer meetings here where guys that aren't ministers or anything like that just said, man, the Lord put this on my heart. And, and they shared, and it's like, man, that, that was legit. That was from the Lord, you know? Brothers and sisters in the body, you know, we want to be free to, to be used in that way. Verse 32, and the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophets. Once again, um, nobody's in a trance. God's not taking anybody over. God's not making anybody, you know, uh, blab out something against their will. The spirit of the prophet subject to the prophets. Verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. And so when there is confusion, God lets you know right here, I'm not the author of it. I'm, I'm, I don't author confusion. That's, that's not what he does. Who's the author of confusion? Satan. That's what he's a, he, he's a, he, he get everything all mixed up, mismatched. God said, I, I don't author confusion. I bring order. Later on, he's going to say, let, let all things be done. That's how this is going to end. He says, let, let all things be done, decent and in order. And a lot of people look at that as a, the, the middle ground between Pentecostalism and you know, maybe you're, you're, you're a cessational Baptist, cessationist, you know, where Pentecostals just, they just do whatever. You know, everything goes. You can swing from the chandeliers, run laps, blame it on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was showing the guys a video of a church like that where the guys were supposedly catching the Holy Spirit and they started running around doing laps. The pastor's up here, here, he's right here. One guy runs with his coat and he swings his coat as he's running like a cowboy and he throws it on the pastor and he just keeps running his laps. There's a baptismal behind them, and it was almost like they're one up in each other. Like, man, this is I'm that guy is more hyped than me. I'm gonna do something else. So one guy ran up on the stage and dived into the baptismal in his suit and got out. And I'm like, that, that, they blaming all that on the Holy Spirit. That's messed up. Maybe <laughs> lying on the Holy Ghost like that. That's that, that, that's a penalty for that, you know. And so in the middle there, it's like let all things be done decent and in order. Like, we're not quenching the Spirit in any area. Uh, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the day, absolutely. But we want it to be done decent and in order, in line with the Word of God. Amen? All right. Tough section here. Ladies, hold tight. <laughs> Verse 34. Let your women keep silent in the churches. For they are not... <laughs> oh, man. Look, his wife's not here today. That's why he acting up. If she was here, he wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> I'm going to send her the tape. All right. That was Pastor Derek. All right. <laughs> let, let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in the church. So 
This is what I explained earlier. There was obviously a divide uh, between um, some believe that that women were yelling over. When you look up the word um, in verse 34, first of all, he says, let the woman keep silent in the church, but they're not permitted to speak. That word speak is it's a Greek word, leleo, and it means to preach or to argue. Um, so it's not that a woman can't speak, uh, because earlier in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 16, Paul made it very clear that women could prophesy, they could pray, um, which are, that they're speaking, they're, they're, they're things that they can do. What's the one thing that a woman is not to do in the church? Anybody? Uh, are going to make me tell you? Okay. She's not to be in a position of authority. A woman's not to be dominant over a man. My wife, I'll use our family. My wife, my wife teaches. All the women here have heard my wife teach. I think my wife is a bomb teacher. I mean, she slice and dice. She be breaking down the words. I mean, and she cute. You know what I'm saying? She bring the word. Now, God says that a woman is not to have authority over. It's not that she can't teach. Woman can teach. So that's not it. The thing is, God said, I haven't permitted a woman to be in a position of authority over a man. So if my wife was one of the pastors here up here speaking and the biblical relationship says that my wife is to be submissive to me. I'm the husband. She's the wife. Then I, at church, would I then be submissive to her as a pastor? I, that doesn't work. God said, look, the one thing I, I don't permit a woman to be in a position of authority over the man. Paul, who wrote this, also wrote first, second Timothy and first Timothy says something very similar. And he he gives an explanation for it. So. The one thing a woman's not going to do, guys, she's not going to be in a pastoral role over men. Uh, women can minister to women the word. They can minister to kids. Um, they're not going to be in a place of teaching men. It's not because God is chauvinistic. It's not because women are lesser than. It's a matter of God's God's order in creation. Um, who did God create first? Adam made the man. And then when he told Adam, I'm going to make you a helper comparable to you. He did not say, I'm going to make you a boss. To run your show. I'm going to make you a helper. I'm going to make you someone to come alongside you. Be a little riblet. You know, she'll be right up under here, you know. And she's going to come alongside you and help you. Now, the the first sin, if you will, in the Bible, right? Who did Satan go after? Went after the wife. And she ate. And what did she do after she ate? She took it to her husband and said, hey, hey, baby. With her topless self. And she made him eat, you know. Now, but she was topless. I'm just saying, they have clothes yet, but... I'm just saying how you wives can really have power over the men and stuff. Like, he eat this, honey, but he went on and ate it, so he, he wrong too. I'm not. In, I'm making her innocent, but this is the thing, right? The Bible says, and let's we'll read it. I read it to you out of First Timothy chapter two. Um, if you're writing notes, write down First Timothy two eleven through fourteen. It says, "Let a woman learn in silence with submission, with all submission." And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And he says, "Why?" For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue with faith, love, and holiness with self-control. And so God said, look, Eve was deceived by the serpent. And I don't want to be offensive. I love you ladies. Um, I love my wife. She's one of y'all. But God says, look, that made you guys different. And Satan tricked her. He said, hey, if you eat this, you'll be wise too. You'll be like God. And she was like, for real? And she ate it. She, she, he, she, Adam, Adam's sin was different. Adam willfully just disobeyed God. But what Eve did, he said, man, she was tricked. 
And God had provided a covering in her husband, but she wasn't walking under that covering. She should have went back to her husband and said, hey, husband, he said, if I eat this, I'll be like God. What you say? But she didn't. She ate it. And then she gave it to him. And so the original sin, if you will, it was a woman being deceived and leading her husband into the same sin. God said, that, that's what broke my order. I, I made the man to be the leader. I wanted her to be submissive and under his care. And so God said, look, I don't permit a woman to be in that role over a man. I want a woman to be in submission. Now, again, it's not because a woman is less than God's made us different. Um, God has said that your kids are to be submissive to you. Now, some of y'all kids are bigger than you, right? But God said, look, in my order, it's not that you can't do something or that you don't know nothing, but I, I want you to be submissive to them. Why? Because that's my order. And your kids can come up with 50 reasons why they don't think they should have to obey you. But at the end of the day, the Bible says that they're to submit to you. They should honor you and obey you. In the same way, God would say to a husband and wife, I, a wife can come up with 50 reasons why her husband is not a, a good leader. And, but God would say, look, I want you to submit. And when you come to the church, God would say, I, I want women to be in submission. Now, back to the Corinthians, Paul says something very important. He said, I don't permit a woman to speak, but I want them to be submissive. Right. The idea was they were going to be submissive to their husband. He's going to say that next. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home. Right. And this is the idea. Like. And, and then he says, for it's shameful for a woman to speak in this way in a church. And this is the idea. If I, my wife is here with me, and let's say that there's another, let's say Patrick Clint's up teaching, and my wife is disagreeing with something Clint says, and she doesn't understand it, and she's disrupting, asking, well, what up, wait a minute, and she's, you know, arguing or going into it, and the Bible says, that's shameful. She ought to ask me, we have to be able to have that conversation at home. And I will say this to the husbands, because this, this is an issue. And so, Husband need to put on your big boy pants for two seconds. It is a shame if you haven't prepared yourself or you aren't growing in your knowledge of the word and the truth to where you can lead your wife to where she always got to be asking another man. That's a shame, but it's a shame for you. It's a shame on you. It is a shame. Um, in those times, if you look back, a lot of, a lot of women like to look at, what about in the book of Judges when Deborah stepped up? You know, that was a doggone shame. That the, it was. Because men didn't step up. She had to do it. Now, she did it. I ain't knocking Deborah. But it was a doggone shame that the men that were there didn't do what they were supposed to do. It was a shame. And the same thing today is a shame if a woman, man, can't teach her. You better work on that. Be in your, I mean, you may want to be studying just so you can answer her questions. Um, you know, I, I want my wife, to, I want the questions to end with me. I, I mean, if I can't, I do my, if I don't know, I'm going to find out and get back to you. You ain't got to ask nobody else. I got you. You just sit down with your little Bible, Mika. I'll be back with some answers for you. That's my job, right? Every man here ought to aspire to that. Be able to minister to your wife. Be able to speak God's truth to her. And if you're weaker in the word than your wife, I'm not beating you up, but you need to, you need to, you need to kick it in the high gear then. Um, you, can't, you, can't, you can't just accept that. You know, if your wife has been in it longer, maybe she was saved first. Maybe she's just been more diligent. Okay. Well, can you catch up then? Can you? Can I light a fire, fellas, and say, man, can you get in your book? If your wife is doing the Bible reading and you're not, so you can't answer questions, then you need to start doing it. Uh, my, my, hope, my, my desire is that the whole church will be doing that, just so y'all know that everybody would be doing that together. There would be a perfect opportunity for you and her to be in the Word together, where you guys can discuss the Word and speak about the Word together. So I'm, I'm going to get off my horse on that one. But uh, fellas, we need to be able to speak God's truth for our wives. Amen. So moving on. Verse 38. Now, Paul says, maybe you have maybe somebody in Corinth have a hard time because Paul didn't really mince words. He said some difficult things. 
And maybe some people in Corinth are going to look and say, well, who is he to tell me? So Paul, Paul wouldn't make it today. People would call him all kinds of things. But I want you to listen to what Paul says in case you don't like what I said. And in case you don't want to receive it, look at verse 36. Or did the word of God come originally from you? He's being sarcastic. It's a rhetorical question. No, it didn't come through you. Or was it you only that it reached? No, it wasn't you only that it reached. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. He said, Paul said, if you you consider yourself spiritual or a prophet, then what I'm saying is true. It is from the Lord and you would accept it. Then he says this, but if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Paul said, if you disagree with me, you're ignorant. And you can just, if you want to be ignorant, be ignorant. And I'm going to just say this. There are people in the church that you, you almost have to leave it right there. I could, you could go on debating with people about tongues. Or I know people right now that, I mean, I'm reading this verse. I'm thinking, it's so clear. And they're like, no, everybody's supposed to speak in tongues. You're hindering the work of the Holy Spirit. You're grieving God. Nobody should speak in tongues. Blah, blah. I mean, this, it goes back and forth. And I'm like, there's some people that just, they won't submit to the word. They they believe something. They, they Maybe they believe what they're doing or what they've seen or experienced. And so at a point, God said, look, those that are ignorant, if, you, if anyone is ignorant, let them be ignorant. You just, if you want to remain uninformed, if the word can't inform you, um, and I, this is what I've learned over time. If, if I can read you scripture and you, don't, you won't agree with the, the word of God, I can't help you. I can't help somebody that's, I, I'm not greater than God, right? If you're going to resist the Holy Spirit, I, I ain't got no better words than this. So if I'm reading you chapter and verse and I'm like, look, it says this right here. And you can give me 10 reasons why you disagree then I got to just let you be there. That's the, really it's between you and the Lord. So be, don't get caught up arguing with people, guys, over these things. Uh, we teach them. We share them. People may have questions. We should explain them. Uh, I'm not saying that we, we can't be challenged or give questions, but for those that would just say, I don't agree. I, I, I just don't agree. And I, I'm telling you, I have people that I sit with and go through things. They, I just don't agree. I said, well, at the end of the day, if I, I, I'll take two or three verses with somebody. And if I show you these verses and you say, but, 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 no, no, but what? But it says that. If you can but, 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 but over the word, then I'll stop. I won't, I'm not going to waste my energy. I'm not going to get my blood pressure all riled up. When you won't listen to God, then you got a bigger problem. than I, I'm not going to try to convince you to listen to me when you won't listen to God. So he says, look, if anyone's ignorant, let them be ignorant. Last two verses. Therefore, here's the conclusion. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. You want to desire something, desire to do something that's going to benefit everybody else. God, give me a word. Give me, a, give me a word for me. Give me a word for my brothers and sisters. Give me something to say that would edify and encourage those around me. Desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. Don't quench God and say it's all bad because some people are doing it wrong. Let all things be done decently and in order. And that's the, the, the conclusion of the whole thing. Paul said, let, let, there be, let there be some decency and order when the church of God comes together. Amen. And um, I would conclude this. This is my, my, my closing exhortation to us as a body, as a church. I do believe that every Christian, uh, every, everyone is born again, has some gifting, something, something, some gift of the Holy Spirit, some some calling from God, something that we're to do that's beneficial to the body around us. And I'll continue to encourage this. If you come and you're around and you're here and you really, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do to be a benefit to those around me. One, let that be something that you're really praying about because I, I want, I think we should be uncomfortable at a point when, man, I'm, I'm at the church, around the church, around the people of God, I'm, but I'm not a part of what God's doing yet. Don't be content to be there. God didn't save anyone 
just for them to go to church for the rest of their life. God wants to do something in you, with you, and through you that will glorify him and be a benefit to those around you. And so some of you guys have a finger on what that is. Others don't know yet. And, and we want to pray. I pray that God would, would work that out in our hearts and lives. And so let's pray for that, you guys. I'm going to pray for all of us right now that God would make it clearer than ever um, what it is that he has for us. First Corinthians touches on how the city of Corinth was rampant with idolatry and immorality, not too different from cities of today. Does this mean that you run away and isolate yourself from the sinful world? No, but Paul's letter did communicate that as a Christian, it's important to live a life that's upright and pure before God, even in the midst of a dark and sinful world. When the pressure is great, your opportunity to contrast the dark with light can be even greater. How does one do this with all the influences pressing in? Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all things. If you're seeking some assistance with where to read, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through 1 Corinthians. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to joining Pastor Bill again next time right here on A Transforming Word. Transforming Word